This is episode 314 of the Two Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jessie Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey, it's Anita here. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to let you know If you're pregnant and want step-by-step guidance on how to have less pain and pelvic floor symptoms in pregnancy, how to prepare mentally and physically for labor and pushing, including how to minimize tearing, how to have your partner feel confident to support you during birth, and how to navigate a smoother postpartum recovery, my Bump to Birth Method online program is available for you to join. It's three programs in one, covering pregnancy, birth prep, and postpartum recovery, plus you get lifetime access to the program content and bonuses. Bump to Birth Method is my on-demand, self-paced online program where you can learn from the comfort of your own home through video and audio lessons on how to best connect to your pelvic floor and core in pregnancy beyond traditional Kegels, strategies to help common pregnancy pains and pelvic floor symptoms, my top strategies to prepare your mind, body, and pelvic floor for labor, how to best support you and your pelvic floor during pushing, key strategies for your partner to support you during labor, and how to navigate your first six weeks postpartum. Bonuses include expert interviews, core and pelvic floor yoga class, three strength training workouts, hospital and home birth bag lists, meditation tracks for pregnancy, birth, and postpartum recovery. Whether you're preparing for your first or fifth birth, if you're ready to have less pain and pelvic floor symptoms in pregnancy, feel fully prepared mentally and physically for labor and pushing, including how to minimize tearing and how to navigate your first six weeks postpartum recovery, then head to the show notes or go to bumptobirthmethod.com to see what other expecting moms have said about bump to birth and to enroll today. Welcome to the Two Birth and Beyond podcast. It's Anita here. And on today's episode, I have a special guest, Samantha Garcia Gagnon, who will be chatting all about the role of a birth doula and postpartum doula. And we've chatted about doula work on various episodes since starting the podcast. Uh, But if you're new, I've done two different doula trainings, one specifically for physiotherapists. So since having my own kids, I use and share this information um, in combination with physiotherapy expertise, both in my clinical practice, but then also online uh, in my bump to birth method. And I always talk with clients, though, about the option of having a doula support them from their community, either at their birth and or postpartum. So I was excited to have Samantha on the podcast for a specific doula episode, since she has nearly a decade of experience as a birth worker and educator. And growing up in the Philippines, Samantha witnessed the incredible strength that comes from supporting and nourishing new families as a close-knit village. 
And now Samantha brings that same sense of community with perinatal groups she runs at her bellies and community space in Pitt Meadows, BC, here in Canada. And she's on a mission to empower families with her unique perspective and wisdom. And Samantha is also the proud owner of Bellies Inc., which many of you on the podcast may have heard of. Jess and I have talked um, about that company in the past, especially with postpartum healing items. And now Samantha and I were chatting before we hit record that now there is um, an abdominal support for pregnancy, which is very exciting. So Bellies Inc. really um, creates products with your healing in mind for pregnancy and postpartum. And also Samantha is a mom of three. And also Mm -hmm. former president of doula services association in BC. Yeah. And childbirth educator, uh, with my power birth and continues to attend births in her community in BC. So as you can tell, Samantha is like the perfect guest for (laughs) this episode. So thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It's, you know, I always love talking about doula work because I think a lot of times people sort of envision us as one thing. Um, And in reality, we are probably not what that is, or maybe some people are, but it's, it's definitely a wider spectrum. So I really love talking about sort of what that actually looks like in a wider view. Yes, exactly. I hear all the time from people like when I'll ask clients or even, you know, in the DMs, people are like, like, what is a doula or what's the difference between a doula and a midwife? Like, I just think Mm -hmm. it's not always clear to the community what the role of a doula is. So why don't we even start, Smith, with like a birth doula? What really is the role around someone who is going to go to a birth? Yeah. So I think the big difference, um, I think it's good to start with the difference between a midwife and a doula is that midwives are there as your primary healthcare provider, right? They're Mm -hmm. the ones who are looking at the medical aspect of things. Um, And many midwives would love to be able to go beyond that and give you more of that sort of what I think a lot of people imagine midwifery to be like that really comforting, loving, and at some point they can. And there's so much work that they have to do when they have their medical hat on. So while they do a lot of that sort of emotional and physical and um, you know informational help, um, there's also a limit to how much they're able to do when they're having to manage multiple clients, when they're having to really focus on the medical aspect of things. As doulas, we don't do anything medical. So we don't do vaginal exams, we don't check uh, heart rates, we don't check anything medical, right? We are really there to sort of fill in a lot of those gaps that um, that kind of happen in, in maternity care, I feel like, or in perinatal care, because I think oftentimes we look at birth as, okay, this thing either you have to just get through or this medical time in our life. There's only time, or for a lot of times, it's the first um, step into like that medical sphere for a lot of people. And in reality, birth is not a medical thing until it needs to be for most people. Um, And so what we need to remember is that birth is also this really big journey that we go through pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and we need people around us who we trust, who are well-educated, who really can be able to help you figure out what's going on with your body, what's going on in your birth, and help you understand what makes sense for you uniquely, like for your own unique situation and what you 
need so that that whole process just goes a lot smoother and so you can feel more confident in that experience so as a birth doula um you know a lot of the job is um really just being that emotional support person for you um for me for example i um work with clients throughout their pregnancy not just you know a couple of prenatals i meet them every month um that's a bit bigger than i think the standard is, but I meet them every month. And this gives me a chance to really get to know who they are. Um, because I want to be able to understand why they're making the choices that they're making, because it then helps me be able to present the information that's going on in a way that they can understand and in a way that they, um, that, that, that I know what's important to them is being highlighted, right? Um, we're also there for the whole birth. So we're with them through the whole thing, um, supporting the partner. A lot of times people think, you know, partners kind of forgotten in the whole, um, the whole thing if there's a doula there, but that's the furthest thing from the truth. Um, and we're there for the whole birth. We're there for the immediate postpartum. And then we also come for postpartum as well. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. I think it was such a great summary of it. And and I did want to go into that because I do find sometimes clients or like the birther will be like, oh, I don't know, like, I don't know if I want to have a doula, like I want to make sure that my partner is there to like really be in it. And I'm always yeah. like, the doula is that, like one of your roles is to almost bring the partner in more mm -hmm. that yeah. you can remind them of different things that they can do to help. Like I had done my doula training before my first uh, pregnancy. And I remember I told my husband, I was like, we're still getting a doula because yeah. I cannot doula myself. Mm -hmm. um, and he didn't totally understand the difference between, you know, the midwife and the doula, but he's yeah. like, whatever, this is what you do for a profession. We're going to go with it. And he will be the first to say, yeah, like if, you know, with the next one, we're going to have a doula again mm -hmm. because they, you offer so much support, not just to the one giving birth, but also to the partner. So I yeah. really hope everyone kind of takes that in, even replay this, you know, for your partner this episode, so they can really understand that if anything, a doula is going to offer them support too. Yeah. yeah. You know, I often say that my work with the moms usually happens mostly during pregnancy. At the mm -hmm. actual birth, your body takes over. And that's when I tend to be more of a support person for the partner, right? I think it's really important that we remind partners that they're you know, they have a few different roles in the birth, but their number one job is to love her, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're having to try to figure out all these other things, that makes it really hard for you to just show up for her as she's going through this really big thing. But mm -hmm. when you have your doula there and you have someone who you know is very well versed in this world, then you can feel much calmer in knowing that all those little things are taken care of. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes in moments where maybe we're feeling as partners feeling frightened or unsure about what's going on because you've had this long relationship built with your doula you can easily go up to your doula and ask those questions so that you can feel safe in what's happening as well you know for a lot of partners the only time they're ever going to see someone give birth is when when she's giving birth and so they are coming at this without you know any of that background knowledge yet they're supposed to do everything. They're supposed to know how um, hospital systems work. They're supposed to know everything about birth and postpartum. They're supposed to know all the ways that, you know, you might want comfort physically. They're supposed, they're supposed to know all these things, yet 
how? Like, I feel like we put so much weight on partners to just know everything and be the sole support person when in reality, their focus needs to be on loving her mm -hmm. and all the other things is that's what your team's for, right? The team's there to help like lift the two of you up. Mm -hmm. And I think it's what you brought up to even, um, because I, I talk to clients, you know, sometimes in birth, you want hands-on things like mm -hmm. double hip squeeze, sacral mm -hmm. pressure, um, acupressure, different things like that. Sometimes you don't, like sometimes you don't want anyone touching no, you, touch but me. you you won't know until you're in labor. But Sorry. especially with the hands-on side of things, if you happen to want double hip squeezes for every contraction throughout your labor, it's very physical. And I tell yeah. partners, I'm like, you aren't allowed to complain. Like if you get no. tired, you zip it. And you figure out a way to do that every single time. And yeah. what is helpful is having a doula because then mm -hmm. you can trade off. If it, if it becomes very physical in the support that you're offering, yeah. a doula is a great option because it will allow you to kind of have a break on, on that side and also try different um, kind of hands-on strategies too. So another thing I find a lot of people don't think about that I'm like a doula is helpful for that physical support as well yeah. in case you happen to want that in your labor and speaking of trading off yeah. long births like that's what? really the killer right like some births are gonna last so long um which is normal it's part of the physiologic process right some births just take days and mm -hmm. if you only have one support person you have to remember that when you're in labor your body is getting so many good hormones that are just helping you be able to handle each next contraction, help you be able to like have minimal sleep um, because your body's working really hard for you. Your partner, while they're getting some hormonal shifts in that space, they're not getting what you're getting. So it's like expecting the same amount of like energy throughout days when there's nothing that's helping them. So when you have um, a doula there for you, you can do that, you know, she goes to sleep, then uh, the partner's turn, the partner goes to sleep, then the doula can come up. Um, and it's it's really, for a lot of births, the only way your team is gonna be able to be attentive to you through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think like a lot of our listeners too very much want up-to-date information, you know, what's mm -hmm. going to be helpful. And I think it's incredible that there's actually been research done on yeah. the benefits of a doula, right? And, you know, some of it points towards, you know, if you don't want to have medication during your birth, actually having a doula shows it's less likely you will, um, mm -hmm. as well as intervention. So having a cesarean, having forceps vacuum, there is less of a chance of that happening if you have a doula those are just kind of a couple of them more likely to have a positive experience and when they did that research they specifically looked at a doula who is not a family member who is mm -hmm. not a friend so this is a little this would be different than if your partner was being your quote-unquote doula yeah or totally. even your mom, your mom. or yeah. you know someone because there is that emotional connection to the one giving birth, right? Versus a doula who is knowledgeable on the medical side, mm -hmm. but not doing the medical side, as you mentioned, yeah. there for the emotional support. So they're almost like a third party support, but yeah. understand the process more. Um, yeah. And is the continuous side, right? Because for example, whether you have a midwife or you have a nurse and a physician, there's shift changes. 
And so that you might not have the same one from on the medical side supporting you the whole time. So they really looked at a doula, that continuous support and the evidence is pretty positive in terms of having yeah. a doula, if that's and an option for you. Speaking of recommendations, the, yeah. um, the ACOG, so the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, they actually released um, essentially a statement saying like, how can we help bring down C-section rates, for example, right? So they looked at, a, they offered a bunch of different things, but one of the main things was having the support of a doula and you know that I feel like that's a really big a big statement right because the well you know I sort of don't try to focus too much on what what stats are in regards to doula support um the reality is it's kind of nice to also have that like backing right to be like it's not just mumbo jumbo like this is real this is real work and our benefits are are significant and shown very clearly um Mm -hmm. when when uh covid first happened um so in 2020 i was actually president of the dual association at the time of bc and to my knowledge we were the only province that um, continued to have doulas in hospital from the from the start, which was pretty cool. Um, but I spent a lot of time talking to hospitals, which was not what I wanted to do. But um, it, that's just what happened. And when we made that shift, it was so great because they actually specifically listed doulas as an essential member of the care team that we were not there as a visitor because you're only allowed one visitor right we were not counted as visitors because we're not visitors we are essential members of the care team so that was really great to receive that you know acknowledgement that yeah you know we are an essential part of a lot of people's births Mm -hmm. and that's how we stayed in hospital in through like the height of the pandemic and that's amazing because that was not every province. I <sighs> definitely know moms who literally chose between their partner and a yeah. doula and yeah. some ended up choosing a doula being there because they knew the, the support that they really mm-hmm. needed. And I just think that's not that, a choice someone should have to make. No, <laughs> not at all. Right. Yeah. So it's one of those things. I love that you you were able to do that for BC and really push for that. And the fact of the response from the medical commu- medical community there saying like, yes, we do see you as an essential yeah. part. That's, that is amazing. Yeah. Um, and I think it's good to talk about as well. I know we both talk about this um, in our communities is about, you know, informed decision-making, advocating for preferences, mm-hmm. having evidence-based care. And so can you talk a bit, Samantha, about how a doula could mm-hmm. help you voice that and do you speak on behalf of uh like the mom giving birth or or, um, on behalf of the partner or Mm -hmm. is it that you're giving them cues of them asking questions because I think that's a good one to go through um you know actually um I had a discussion recently with a friend who's a nurse a local LDR nurse and she goes oh sometimes though you know the doulas do come in and they speak for the clients and I was like no 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 that's not what doulas are doing I think it's really important to remember that because we spend so much time with families prenatally, we really get this very deep understanding of what's important to families, right? And 
in that discussion is really making sure that they understand what they're saying yes to or no to and how that feels for them. It's not that anything is neither bad or good. It's just whether that feels right for them. And so after all these months of getting to know these families, we really have a deep understanding of what's important to them. So in the space of the birth, right, let's say something's happening, if everything's going to how they hoped, awesome. But a lot of times, as we know, things happen, not what we hope. And when those discussions need to happen, um, as a doula, we're not there to speak for our clients, but because we know our clients so well, sometimes we're gonna just be there to help remind, say, oh, remember um, you had stated that this was really important to you, is that do you wanna discuss that further? It's not that we're saying, you said this, and you've got to stick to it. Of course not. It's that because we come in with this knowledge of who you are, we're able to be there to remind you of the things that you said were important to you, right? That's the first thing. The other thing is that we are able to help, number one, prenatally teach you how to ask those questions so that you're getting the information that you really need to be able to make a more informed choice. We're able to help set up scenarios so that you can see where maybe informed choice isn't happening and where it is happening so it becomes clearer to you um, and then we can also in the actual birth um, be there to help facilitate those discussions so we're never going to speak over you we're not ever going to speak for you but we're part of your team so we're going to help in those discussions and sometimes that might look like we sound really dumb and I always tell my clients like if I sound like I'm being really dumb like I don't know the answer but you know I know the answer it's because it's part of that um, you know hospitals are a hierarchy and being able to be an experienced doula who understands how this hierarchy works you also need to understand how to have that kind of communication where everyone feels like their roles are being respected. And so sometimes that might look like I don't know something, but it's just because I'm asking a question as if I didn't know because I want you to know. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm yeah. not dumb. I understand. Yes. But sometimes I have to word it that way so that you get the answer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But exactly. it's definitely a dance. <laughs> it is. It is. And I find too, like, I remember going to a birth with one of my clients as her physio doula and mm -hmm. we had this talk ahead of time. And I remember there were so many times during the birth and she looked at me and she's like, what would you do? Yeah. And part of being a doula is what, what, what I might do in this situation might yeah. be different. And yeah. that has nothing to do with it. So I would always go back to her like, did you want to ask questions? Do you yeah, want to ask yeah. the benefits, risks, alternatives? And then, yeah. and then you can think about it. You and your husband yeah. can think about it. Um, and I remember that happened every time and I would just kind of come back to it and she would ask the questions and she made informed decisions every step exactly. of the way. And after she's like, that felt amazing. And it was her third. So yeah. it was like one of those things that I think, yeah, in the moment, because of how you were saying, like, you know, in birth, it's, there can be questions coming at you, you know, and especially with because if you're in bed or if you're kind of lower to the ground and people are speaking rather than Over at your you. level, but mm -hmm. above you, it ought, in our brain registers it different, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it doesn't always, well, doesn't often feel like an equal conversation. Yeah. Um, so having a doula there just to remind you to ask those questions or like you, like Samantha said of like, you know, this is what you mentioned in pregnancy. 
is that still what you want? Because you can yeah. completely change your mind change. in the in the middle of it. Yeah. That's that's the power of being informed yeah. and making those decisions. So, and I think um, for a lot of people, yeah. like even if even myself in my third birth, um, I you know I was very specific with which midwife I was hiring at that point. I had already been going to birth for four years, so I knew everybody. And even myself as an ex- as you know as an experienced doula with a midwife who I really really trusted. I still felt nervous to say what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And I think a part of that is it feels scary to say what we want, number one. And then if you step into the hospital, you're now sort of into a, in a space that's not your own. And there is that sort of shift, right? You're now a Mm -hmm. guest in this space as opposed to feeling like at home, people are the guests in your home. So it's a little bit of a shift in dynamics. Mm -hmm. And And a lot of times people don't want to offend. They don't want to make it seem like they don't trust their care provider. And, you know, a lot of that work that I have with my clients is really trying to shift that mindset in regards to you're not a bad patient because you ask questions and you're not a bad patient. Like it's not rude Mm -hmm. to ask for what you want, right? This is your only birth with your baby. You're another client for them and and maybe that downplays it but it it doesn't because I think we need to remember this really is your only birth for this baby so you get to say what's important to you and 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 have the information so that you can feel really powerful in making those choices right like for me that's really where the power comes and you know I teach a course called my powerful birth but I think that's really what what where the power comes is when we feel like um you know, I have a say in what's going on in my birth. And of course, birth is unpredictable. We all know that. And that doesn't mean that you get no more say just because things have gone sideways or things have gone, you know, towards your plan B or plan C, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay to still want things yeah, regardless. Yeah. And I always talk to clients too, but I'm like, you are the one most affected by this experience. Your team is there to support you Mm -hmm. and, but you are going to leave and you are going to one that is going to remember that the most. And so I'm always like, just come back to that. Like ask whatever question you want. You can say no. I know we talked about the brain acronym. I feel like you Mm -hmm. use that or you mentioned that with your clients, like the benefits, risks, alternatives. I is like, what does your intuition say? N is what if you need more time or do nothing. And especially that last one. I think because, again, how we've all been brought up in terms of, you know, in the medical system is like, can we say no? Can we say we need more time or I need to think about this? And I really don't think we've been brought up that way. So then when you're in the middle of labor in that whole event itself, a lot of times people are like, I didn't even know I could say that. And I'm like, you can. And what's interesting is there isn't there isn't necessarily pushback from your care provider like they know that people can say no so it's one of those things where I just think understanding about informed decision making we've done episodes on that too and like advocating and partners knowing they can speak for you as well when um a few tips regarding like that informed choice discussion Mm -hmm. whenever you know a you're about to sort of enter into that discussion. I always like to remind people that the first question you should actually be asking is right now, am I okay? And is my baby okay? Because Mm -hmm. so often in that setting, especially when we're in labor, 
everything feels emergent when a lot of times most things happen because of precaution, not because of emergency, which is great. We want it to happen in precaution, not emergency, right? Um, but what that typically means is we have space now. If you know that right now you're okay and your baby's okay, we're just sort of looking at, you know, there's some maybe uh, pink flags that are happening. Um, then you can feel like you have the space to ask those questions. That's the first thing. The mm -hmm. other thing is, you know, I was talking about the role of the partner before, how the main thing is to love them. Well, the other thing is to ask those questions. Because especially if she's giving birth physiologically, where her hormones are really doing their thing. And, and if you talk to anybody who's birthed physiologically, they're kind of like in this other world. <laughs> like it's kind of a out-of-body experience to some degree and every time somebody comes to you and starts talking to you about whatever it may be it takes you out of that space right which can then cause things to slow down or can cause your adrenaline to build up like whatever that may be however when it's our partner who can be the one to go and ask those questions if they're very well informed with what's important to you and what you want to do part of the reasons why i say partners have to do a really good prenatal class not just any prenatal class like an actual really good prenatal class because then they can understand what type of questions you would want the answers to then they can come to you with all of those answers and when you're able to receive information from the person who you love you're able to protect all of those hormones so much better than if it's from somebody who you don't know or don't know very little um and the choice will always be yours your partner will never get to make a decision for you because it's your body and you get to decide but it's just a very different shift in what's happening um in the room by having the partner sort of lead that discussion yeah no i love that and I feel like it would be good to talk about, you know, how to choose a doula, because you've talked mm -hmm. about so many amazing ways that a doula can work with someone. And the fact that you work with with um, with couples so far in advance, which is mm -hmm. amazing, because every doula is a bit different. Some it might be one or two before birth, yeah. um, but the fact that you work with them every month then you yeah. really get to know them. But right. the only reason I can do that is because I take so few clients compared yes. to when I was working full time yeah. as a doula and doing four to six breaths a month, you know, like I exactly. wouldn't have the capacity to do that. Yeah. And so, and I feel like with doulas too, that people don't know, because with a care provider, at least here in Canada, mm -hmm. um, you don't, you don't really get to pick them. Like if you decide I want a midwife, then mm -hmm. there'll be a fingers crossed. Can, yeah. You get, you hopefully get them. You pee on the stick. You ask. Yeah. For exactly. Midwife. Don't um, tell your husband. Go straight exactly. to the midwife. That's what I did both times. I was like <laughs> the midwife. I got a midwife before he even knew that day. Um, but it's that, that you, you might be with, um, you might get in with a group of midwives yeah. And then you're, you're kind of given a midwife, potentially if you're like second or third birth and you're with the same group, they try to usually put you with the same midwives if you yeah. want to be. Mm -hmm. Um, but like with OBs, with GPs and yeah, even within a midwife group, like you don't necessarily get to pick who your provider is. Whereas mm -hmm. a doula, that is one of the benefits is you, you want to interview like a number of them. You want to make sure, you know, if you have a partner, both of you are interviewing them. So you choose someone who really fits with mm -hmm. your preferences, with your values and that. So can you go over some questions on what people may want to ask a doula to see if it's the right fit? Yeah. So I think, you know, definitely a great tip to at least meet with three different doulas for sure. Um, and 
definitely have your partner there. I won't meet with a consult if the partner's not present because I have taken on clients and the partner wasn't there. And then I ended up not getting along with a partner. Um, and that's not great, right? You need to, everybody needs to get along with each other, not just get along, but really like each other. So make sure your partner is there and that you both feel really confident with the person that you're choosing. In regards to the questions, I think, Firstly, like so often people will come with like um, that printout <laughs> of like, what's your stats and what's, you know, I don't think stats matter when it comes to a doula. We don't have that control over a birth in regards to the medical outcome. So I don't actually think that's that's a fair representation of what kind of work the doula does. I think um, the type of questions that you should really be asking is um, really trying to understand what their focus is on as a doula like what do they feel their most important job is when they are dueling um, I think each of us are going to have different answers I think it's really important to understand sort of their first I think you need to understand the kind of birth that you're hoping to have um, and then find a doula who's really comfortable with that, right? Just like ideally with your care provider, but like you said, we don't get as much of a choice with our care provider. But if you're going for a VBAC, definitely go with someone who feels really confident and excited for your VBAC, right? You know, I, I'm a home birth specialist. So I want people who really want a home birth. And I did a consult last week and they said, oh, what if we find out we have twins? Will you drop us? And I said, no, not at all. It's not about um, the location. Like it's not about being at home, but more about the mindset because people who are planning a home birth are coming towards their birth in a different mindset. And that's what I'm looking for as a doula. So it's really an interview between both of you, right? You're kind of both interviewing each other. Um, other questions to ask is try to understand sort of the logistics of their life. I think for me that that like from the other side, that's an important piece to it, because when I was picking my doulas for two of my births, I didn't want a doula who I had to share with seven other people. That was just what was important to me. It might not be important to you um, or um, so that that might be a question like what does the, the logistics of their life look like and is it going to work for what you want and then find out what they actually include in their package right um there's sort of a standard package is two prenatals um the birth and then a postpartum um but other doulas will be able to have more things that they can add on like i include our prenatal classes i include bellies ink stuff um i include a monthly meeting so you're getting a bigger package but that might also feel too much for some people or over budget for some people um so to me those are the kinds of questions is just really trying to understand um who they are but i think the focus mostly needs to be on just trying to have a conversation with them and if the conversation is flowing then you probably have a really good like connection there and that's really what you need to be focusing i wouldn't have a ton of questions ready i would instead you know start with a few and if it kind of, if it's just yes and no answers, then that's probably not the connection that you're looking for. But if it feels like by the end of that conversation, she's already answered every question you had. So that's a pretty good, uh, good indication that you've made a pretty good connection there. So the focus needs to be on your mm -hmm. connection. Love that. Love that. I know all our listeners are going to take that away and think about it if they're pregnant, thinking about looking for a doula, keeping that at the center of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I love how you mentioned typically, you know, two prenatals, being there for the entire birth. 
um, and often kind of staying there a bit after and then usually um, a session also the within the week after giving birth so why don't we dive into a bit about the role of a postpartum doula yeah yeah so I think the first thing to keep in mind is that in your birth doula's package, that postpartum visit is generally not exactly what a postpartum doula is going to do for most people. So usually mm-hmm. that birth doula postpartum visit is more of a check-in, see how you felt about the birth, see if you had any questions about the birth, and then go over any major sort of thought points that are happening right now in that moment. Whereas a postpartum doula, she's really that, or they're really that person who um, can be with you either you know, for a short stint or can be with you for months and months. It kind of depends on every family. But the postpartum doula, their job is really to mother the mother when the mother is busy mothering the baby, right? And before, when we lived in sort of that more of a village style community, um, this these were our aunties and these were our cousins and our sisters and our mothers, um, but we don't live in that kind of world anymore. And so that's really where that postpartum doula role stepped in. Um, but you not just have someone who can take care of you like a family member would, but they have that extra level of knowledge to go along with it so that they're really coming at it from a more informed space. And they're also able to really be there to look out for maybe any pink flag, red flags of things that are going on. So, you know, again, we're not medical providers. We're not going to be able to tell you, you know, we're not going to weigh your baby or, I mean, maybe some might, but we're not going to weigh your baby. We're not going to do all that kind of stuff. But as, doulas were able to see when maybe things aren't going right or when maybe you might need to reach out for extra support if your mental health isn't going really great like if we see that there are markers that mm, I think you need to reach out to your care provider um, and really having someone there who you trust as your like resource is so valuable in that postpartum period so a typical um postpartum visit might look like you know they come uh, they might do some food prep they might help you um postpartum with like getting sort of yourself clean and all that kind of stuff um you can go have a shower you they can take care of your baby um and then it can go into more where sometimes we're there as your you know person to cry to when things are feeling really hard sometimes uh we can help with a lot of the breastfeeding challenges that might come up um like i said we can look out for any mental health situations that might be going on um and doulas can work postpartum doulas can work either day shifts some doulas will work night shifts um which is great if you're looking to have like a longer stretch or if you have um if you're a parent of multiples sometimes having that extra hand while your partner gets a bit of sleep in case they're back to work right away that's a that's a great option Mm -hmm. amazing yeah I just think that's not that's talked about even less I think than Mm -hmm. a birth doula is that postpartum doula support and just that initial healing is just so important and not talked about. Like I find a lot, especially first time moms don't realize it's like you give birth and they're like, here's your baby. And like, I'll see you in six weeks and whether after a vaginal or cesarean birth. And I find a yeah. lot of times moms are like, that's Wait. it. <laughs> like I get nothing, like I get no yeah. information and you know, post cesarean, they might get told like, keep the scar clean, mm-hmm. keep it dry for a period of time. But like, there's really no education unless you seek out other help, Extra. like as a pelvic physio, okay. I do all this before, um, before they give birth or even within bumped birth method. And I know you do with your clients yeah. too, 
but not everyone if you're just relying on the medical system this yeah, doesn't get, that. get talked about and i know with being the owner of belly zinc that postpartum healing is a big part of yeah. what your company does so do you want to share a bit more just about postpartum healing even the ab wrap i think would be yeah. great to chat about yeah so i think you know like i grew up in the philippines i think we mentioned that my dad's filipino um my dad my mom's british but i grew up in the philippines and you know my experiences of what postpartum looked like was very much community centered everybody was coming around them and really making sure that they were resting and um and taken taken care of, right? And then I had my babies here in Canada and I was super shocked with what sort of my other mom friends were going through and how that was so different from my own experience because my mom, I have the privilege of having my mom come and stay with me to help me um, for a few months after I give birth. And, you know, I was seeing my friends and then eventually my clients as I started birth work, um, essentially going back to normal life right away. And then they were saying how much they were struggling just in the physical healing, never mind the emotional healing and, and that side of things, right? Um, and I couldn't understand why we couldn't slow down. Like, why wasn't there this slowing down when we just had this major thing happen to us? I think um, a close friend of mine uh, recent a few years ago lost her partner and she said, it feels like I'm back in postpartum. Um, but it feels like that same crisis when somebody dies and you're sort of in that crisis space of like, grief and and um, and sometimes there's even happiness as you're discussing that person it's kind of the same in postpartum where sometimes there's a bit of grief there's a, a lot of happiness there's a lot of exhaustion you're not eating well you're not sleeping um, plus extra levels of also having to heal your body right so whether it's um, vaginal birth or, or cesarean our bodies are injured after birth and we need to be able to give it the time to heal and a huge part of that is really giving yourself time to rest. Um, so we often talk about the five, five, five rule, uh, five days in bed, five days on the bed and five days around the bed. Essentially what we're saying is take it easy. You're not supposed to be cooking and cleaning and running to the grocery store. And you know, these are, if you're not getting any help for any of these things, that doesn't mean that you're doing so amazing in parenthood. I think there's a lot of like this false belief that I can do everything myself and it shows what a good parent I am when in reality we weren't meant to do this by ourselves and when we're able to ask for help that's really great like that shows how much um thought and how much care you're putting into your postpartum and into your baby um and then you know we I I love talking about the ab wrap obviously uh because it's my product but beyond that I think what I love most about the ab wrap is that it really helps new parents get into this space of self-care um, from the beginning. And I hope that by, you know, spending a few minutes every day wrapping their belly, wearing their wrap, and then doing the pelvic floor exercises that either come with our ab wraps or the core confidence program or whatever chosen um, pelvic health program that they've, that they've decided to sign up for for after birth. Um, when you're able to take that time for yourself in that very beginning, it just naturally will put you into that good space for your whole parenthood to remember that you are a human too. You're a person too, and you matter. And it's okay to take time for yourself as a parent um, because that's going to help you parent better. 
Um, so essentially, uh, the idea with the ab wrap is if we think about any time we, you know, injure ourselves, the doctor's going to say, let's wrap it with a tensor band or put it into a brace. And it's kind of the same with our abdomen. All those muscles get overstretched or weakened and our body is craving that external sort of support for those abdomen for, for your abdomen and your pelvis and our wrap is just a really lovely gentle hug around your belly it's super flexible you're not going to feel constricted which i think is what we hear most people talk about when we when they think of postpartum wraps is like feeling squeezed in and pushed out and like not able to breathe that is not what you want in an abdominal wrap you really want to feel that support um and you need to be able to move your body with it um and then it's really that common combination of the external wrap with the pelvic floor exercises that's going to help so much in that in that postpartum recovery and we're not talking waiting for the six week mark to start moving we're talking right from the beginning you can start doing things to help connect to your to your pelvic floor and your core um, so that you're really optimizing your healing in that initial stage mm -hmm. and that's exactly um like after any type of injury is like it's rare that you're ever told to like not do anything for six weeks. You're doing mm -hmm. rehab exercises from the start. So this is very much the same thing. And I'll often talk to clients about, you know, often you'll feel better doing your rehab exercises than a really long walk on day two. Oh, yeah. um, because sometimes even if you feel great after birth, I'm like, always just think about like, you want to stay feeling that way. Whereas sometimes I find what people get told, just walk as much as you want but don't do any exercise, but then your pelvic floor, your core, regardless of vaginal or cesarean birth, like it's not the same flexibility and the strength as it is like right after birth, as it was yeah. previously yet, right. It will yeah. get there. Um, so going for a long walk, you're against gravity. Your pelvic floor has to work. It doesn't mm -hmm. feel like it's working because you're not used to feeling this situation. But if you go for a walk, I've had clients be like, I know you told me not to, I went for a walk and I had to call my partner to come pick me up because I actually couldn't walk back home because yeah. I was feeling that not good. So mm -hmm. that idea of if you feel this craving of like, I want to go for a walk, usually it's because you want to move your body in some way and yeah. you want fresh air. And so I always say, mm -hmm. instead of that long walk, that initial week, I love the five, 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 um, is, you know, do the rehab exercises and maybe whether it's you go for a drive, you go outside, if you have any space outside that you can go to mm -hmm. and get some of that fresh air, um, a drive, you can get a change of scenery or just being outside. So you can still accomplish those initial goals. Yeah. But yeah, those long walks initially just often don't feel great. And especially if you're having to go back to the hospital, um, if you don't like here in Canada with the midwives, they come to you that first week, which I don't think mm -hmm. a lot of people realize how helpful that is. If you have yeah. to go to the hospital, even like day two, you're back to the hospital for different tests. So, yeah. you know, that core confidence program or any pelvic floor, um, and core program you do early postpartum can just really help with that recovery process. Yeah. I always mm -hmm. like to explain it as essentially the foundation of your house, right? Like mm -hmm. you don't want to start building walls until that foundation is really good. And, you know, going for those long walks is essentially starting to put those walls up and we, you're just not ready for it yet. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure that that foundation is strong first. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, amazing. Thank you for sharing so much knowledge on today's podcast, Samantha. Can you share with our listeners how they can find you? 
Sure. Um, so I'm a few places, <laughs> um, but definitely you'll see me most um, on belliesinc.com or on our Instagram page. That's really where you'll see my face the most. Um, and it's just Bellies Inc. Um, I also teach uh, prenatal classes. We do offer them um, in person in the lower mainland in BC or online where people can join from anywhere. So it's just called mypowerfulbirth.com. Um, and we also have an Instagram for that. And uh, if you're local, to Pitt Meadows area, we do have the Bellies community space. It is run thanks to Bellies Inc, but it's essentially a space where we are able to host um, pregnancy groups, postpartum groups, prenatal classes, uh, free breastfeeding classes, uh, baby me yoga, prenatal yoga. So it's a really lovely space where um, the most amazing community of parents have um, developed and um, we would love to have you join us. So that's just belliescommunity.com amazing but we'll make sure to put those links in the show notes and yes thank you again for being on thank you so much for having me it's always a pleasure talking to you we hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the to birth and beyond podcast you can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at to birth and and if you enjoyed today's show we would love for you to leave us a review on itunes and subscribe to the to birth and beyond podcast in itunes or stitcher 